Today is Wednesday, November 27th, 2019, and these are three notable brand and retail news stories. 1. Digital-first brands have been the stars in consumer minds in the last 5-10 to 10 years. Their growth is an incredible feat if you think about the headwinds these companies have had to face, market dominance of a few major brands in most product categories, and the significant amount of noise online. Those that are winning with consumers like Everlane and Bonobos share a few strengths. First, they are marketing-led. Digital-first companies have gained their customers purely through marketing efforts, whether those be traditional advertising online, influencer partnerships, or through native content on social media. Digital-first companies are highly responsive to consumer needs. One of the advantages of operating online is that brands have detailed access to their customers' behavior. Companies can read when their customers exit their store, how they interact with each one of their touch points, and what messages resonate with them. With all that data comes a significant understanding of their consumer. Weaved through or into that data-driven approach are the brand's stories. Digital-first companies are masters of storytelling, our third theme. Many consumers will have heard of a brand story before they have even seen the product. For today's values-driven consumer culture, positive impact can be more important than searching for precisely the right teddy coat. Online-only brands do have challenges. As mentioned earlier, breaking through the noise of online and building an audience of loyal fans can be challenging to do. Multiple touch points seamlessly integrating the brand experience can be one way to success. A second challenge for digital-first companies is the consumer expectation for a relationship beyond the truly transactional. Customers want to build connections with their favorite brands. Relationships start at the first touch point a consumer has with your brand and continues to pave the path towards loyalty, or not. And consumer trust ultimately stems from the time a brand puts into building that connection. For Casper, that means offering returns up to 100 days if the mattress doesn't work for you. And for Everlane, it's transparency in their pricing. But both offer sustained, meaningful contact with their customers to build that connection. Despite the challenges, digital-first brands know their customers so well because of their direct connection with the customer. Direct contact is the same reason why we see a rise in brands moving away from wholesale in favor of a DTC or direct-to-consumer model. 2. Four buildings on Fifth Avenue had flagship locations for Polo Ralph Lauren, Henry Bendel, Massimo Dutti, and Tommy Hilfiger just two years earlier. They now lie vacant. But New York in December is a magical place for holiday displays, and they drive tourism throughout November and December. The Fifth Avenue Association, which represents more than 120 establishments, has decided to fill the vacant spaces with holiday windows. Now, that's making lemonade of lemons. It's a smart move. For the remaining tenants, they still want their neighborhood to be a destination and attract foot traffic for the holiday season, even though the vacant windows will not represent any one brand. Although retail business on 5th Avenue between 40th and 60th may be slowing, tourism still drives significant traffic in the area. The Rockefeller Metro stop has seen an increase in foot traffic over the last few years in December. 
The retailers still operating in the area have performances, temporary new and some innovative dining experiences to entertain tourists when they arrive. The windows are a nice collective touch that will, maybe, give the impression for a few months that shopping on 5th Avenue is alive and well. 3. Reducing plastic packaging is proving to be challenging. Switching to paper or glass has its environmental downsides, and refill models are proving to be slow in consumer adoption. Unilever recently scrapped individual wrappers for bulk packs of its Solero ice pops, instead using a polyethane-covered cardboard box with dividers. The dividers cut plastic by 35%. The company also launched a concentrated version of its SIF household cleaner, intended to be diluted with water at home and attached to a reusable spray bottle, reducing plastic by 75%. But the Wall Street Journal found that the cleaner was wrapped in non-recyclable plastic and only one flavor of the pops used the cardboard dividers. Recycling firm TerraCycle this summer launched a service called Loop in New York and Paris that sells products like Unilever's Axe deodorant, Nestle's Haagen-Dazs ice cream, and Procter & Gamble's Pantene shampoo, and containers designed to be returned and refilled. But the price is high, and therefore this idea is unlikely to scale as is. I have to say I find this aspect of sustainability daunting. We are significant purchasers of products in glass bottles, which are reusable over plastic, but there is no way we can even use all of the containers. Most end up in the recycling. Refilling is what's needed. For consumers to adopt it, product refills have to be wildly available. 10 years ago, I was living in Montreal and the health food store across the street offered refills of oils, vinegars, condiments, coffee, and peanut butter. But I since moved and haven't seen another retailer offering the service since. CPG companies are making small efforts nonetheless. Unilever plans to have its use of virgin plastic by 2025, while Procter & Gamble has pledged to do the same by 2030. We'd be very interested to see something more significant, as we know consumers would as well. That's it for today. We'll see you tomorrow. <laughs>